two business rivals who despise each other in real life unwittingly fall in love over the internet. This is Ryan. And this is Ashley. And this is Ruining Our Childhood, a weekly podcast where we remove our childhood goggles and put on our adult bifocals to rewatch and review our favorite movies from the past. That is this podcast. And if you're just joining us for the very first time on our 43rd episode, hi, my name is Ashley. And this is Ryan. And we're a married couple who decided that we wanted to rewatch movies from our DVD collection. Mm hmm our massive DVD collection, and decide if some of our favorites hold up or not. Yeah. In some cases they do, some cases they don't. Go figure. And also, you should uh, let us know if you agree with us. Yeah, definitely. Just hit us up on any of our social medias and let us know what you think. Tell me that I'm crazy. Yeah. I won't argue with you. I'm crazy. You are. Yes. This week, we're doing the 1998 classic classic there we go that came out weird (laughs) classic Classic. you've got mail starring tom hanks meg ryan classic duo yeah they were in the highly successful sleepless in seattle and this was uh i don't know if they were in any other ones other than this i don't remember i don't think so though not in in this rom-com sphere at least yeah um, go ahead and hit us with 1998 facts. I'm going to take that trip down memory road. Bring yes. that back. We haven't done that in a yeah, while. I haven't said that. Bring it back. Yeah. Uh, this movie was released on December 18th of 1998. It had a budget of $65 million and it grossed $250 million, which I think should tell you how much people liked this duo. Yeah. Biggest TV shows from 1998 were ER, Friends, and Frasier. The number one hit the week the movie came out was R. Kelly and Celine Dion, I'm Your Angel. Other popular songs were Bare Naked Ladies, One Week, and Lauren Hill, Doo-Wop, That Thing. And popular movies were A Bug's Life, The Waterboy, and Dr. Doolittle. Noice. And I can honestly say I saw all three of those in theaters. I don't think I did. Oh. Around this time was before I could drive, mm-hmm. and even 1998 before my brother could drive, we I didn't get to go to the movies that much. We just had like a little group. Some of my friends from school, we would go see a movie like every other week, I would say. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. What are your earliest memories of this movie? I remember watching it on TV. I was about maybe 17, 18. Mm-hmm. And liking the, the pair. I love Tom Hanks because when I was a kid, I, I really loved Forrest Gump. Like, to, an, to a weird level. Mm-hmm. And the soundtrack was really good. Yeah. But, so I knew who Tom Hanks was. I knew, obviously, he's basically America's Sweetheart and Mega Ryan's America's Sweetheart. Very much so. That the, you know, pair had good chemistry. Mm-hmm. I remember my neighbor, at the time, she really liked Sleepless in Seattle. So I, I was aware of the movie. I just don't remember watching it fully until after I saw You've Got Mail. So, I don't know, but I remember loving the movie, mm-hmm. and obviously in 1998 was the height of AOL. Definitely. And your girl was chatting it up. <laughs> your on, girl. 
on all the chat rooms. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely didn't see this in theaters. I do not think I saw this. And that's right. I said, I do not. Because that came out really <laughs> weird. I do not think I saw this until you introduced it to me probably eight years ago, maybe. Something yeah. like that. But I was always a big fan of Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. If I had to guess, Tom Hanks was probably one of those first actors that I remember from when I was a kid. It was him and uh, Michael J. Fox. Yeah, Like for the sure. big ones, yeah. So I was a big fan of both of them. And I do remember seeing Sleepless in Seattle. Always kind of enjoyed both of their works. So if I remember correctly, I do remember enjoying the movie. Yeah. But I agree with you. The name itself almost doesn't hold up in the sense of the no. You've Got Mail. Yeah. I mean, we still email. Yeah, but we're not using AOL. Well. No. I don't even know if that if it's still a website. It probably is. Because I, th- I think there's people that still use it as an email address. I was just going to say, I was listening to a podcast yesterday, and they were talking about whether or not AOL was still a thing, and the one guy said, I still have my AOL email, so... I started so many new screen names that I couldn't even tell you what my... I remember my basic one that I would use for talking to my friends. What was it? I think it was AMO 86-something. Mm. Very similar to my... Well, I don't use AMO anymore, but that's what I would use, which was my initials. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna out myself mine was limp rock 89 and uh the limp part was for a limp biscuit and the rock was for kid rock you're the worst i think we need a divorce so there it is folks oh god yep those are the two worst people yeah i know limp biscuit's a band but i mean you think about it it was 1999 i think when i got mine were you just trying to, like, seem cooler? Because that's how I chose my AOL screen name, was how can I make myself seem cooler than I really am? No, mine, I literally was sitting in the front room of my parents' house, and we had the stack of CDs, and I was looking around, like, what can I pick as my name? And I was like, I like that band. I like that guy. Put it together. <laughs> you just did, like, a Jan from the Brady Bunch when uh. she's making up her boyfriend's name. <laughs> it's George glass <laughs> sorry i was just watching something where it had that scene on there anyway so if you guys want to be nice and throw your crappy aol oh, yes. screen names into the if put it on remember. any of the social media yeah. yeah i'll maybe i'll make a post or in the post for this episode i'll put a reminder of because yeah. yeah mine i had a couple my one that i did as like, me and my friends would go on the AOL chat rooms and kind of just didn't want to be me. Mm-hmm. I even said my name was Tina half the time. I don't know why. I don't Get over here and eat, Tina! <laughs> it was before Napoleon died. <laughs> I know. But it was like sweet babe something. I don't know. I don't even remember. I remember one friend's username. He listens to our podcast and it was... Uh, a reference to a Garth Brooks song. Oh, I was like, either Garth Brooks or NASCAR. No, it was a reference to a Garth Brooks song. I do remember that. Nice. He's, so, if I if AOL still existed, I'd be able to look him up. Nobody else. I Mine was chosen because I don't... Obviously, if you're old enough to have had an AOL account or no, there was always 
all of the girls had like angel in their name mm-hmm. or sweet baby. And so I was like, I'll do sweet babe. And then they had to have the letters, you know, one was uppercase, one was yes. lowercase because that made it cool. Yeah. And then in like the uh, Yahoo chat rooms, they had like the random symbols in front. Jeez. Uh, oh, it was a different time. Yeah. It was a simpler time. I mean, I guess you could make this movie today if you just, they didn't... Uh, it was Tinder. It was Tinder or... Except, I will match. say, com. like, You've Got Mail, it seems, the premise seems really romantic, that you would get to know somebody through correspondence, mm-hmm. and I think it would be hard to do that movie today, because I think everybody wants everything, ooh, sorry, everything instant, everything short, sweet, swipe. Yeah. Hey, you're good looking. Swipe. Yeah, so we know nothing about dating apps. No, we don't. But because obviously we, we've been together longer than dating apps existed, so. People didn't have apps back then. No, they didn't, but Applebee's did. <laughs> Apple's appetizers. Zing! God, I miss Applebee's appetizers at Applebee's. They weren't that good. No, they were terrible in hindsight. But they were cheap. They were. So. I mean, when you're 20 and you're broke. And also, you really can't screw up mozzarella sticks. They figured out a way. <laughs> Let's be honest. They're, they're I mean, so there's garbage. definitely better ones out there in the yeah. universe. Yeah. But, yeah. That and, the only thing I really liked was their quesadilla. Because yeah. that is something you can't screw up. And it was on the half-price appetizer, so I could go get a quesadilla for like three bucks. That's true. Yeah. I've had their grilled cheese. It's pretty good. Anyway, we're not talking about Applebee's. <laughs> Eating so, good in the neighborhood. No? We went from AOL. To Applebee's. To Applebee's. Anyway, do you think this movie is going to hold up? I'm going to say the technology is going to be a hindrance to it. But I think Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan are going to play off each other very well. So I think it's going to hold up. I think it'll overcome the crappy technology. I agree. I'm a little worried because of the use of AOL and the references to it. Mm-hmm. But I also agree that the cast, just the two leading people, have good chemistry from what I remember. And I think Tom Hanks is one of those people that I don't know if anybody hates him. Like, how can you hate Tom Hanks? I don't know. He's a lovable person. I personally think he's a piece of shit. (gasps) No, I'm joking. I'm a joke. I remember... A joke. It was last year at the Golden Globes. Uh Uh, Steve Carell was presenting Carol Burnett, the carol burnett award for achievement in television yeah and i remember in his speech he was like she's someone that's so nice she makes tom hanks look like an asshole (laughs) i I remember that hilarious yeah so we think it's gonna hold up definitely where can this movie be streamed um it can't oh at least for free maybe you can go stream it on aol (laughs) (laughs) um I like your choke. Okay, laugh. first of all, AMC Theaters has an on-demand app. What? That you can rent and buy movies. Okay. Apparently, but you can rent. You've got mail from all of the other platforms, and even ones that we just found out existed, like AMC Theaters on Demand. Fair enough. It's the same price as all the other ones, so you do you. Yeah. So anyway, we're gonna go ahead and hit that pausey pause. Come back and talk about you've got mail. Okay, 
and we just finished watching the movie. Now we're going to go ahead and break down our movie with our categories. Like we always do. Yeah. And our first category is, well, hello there, where we talk about any cameos of famous or recognizable actors or actresses that we forgot were in the movie. There's quite a few. There was very much so. And some true little small cameos, too. Yeah, like the definition of what I thought about when we created this category was just the random people that had maybe two lines. Mm -hmm. And you're like, those people are pretty famous now. There was one specifically for me. I feel like the one movie that really hit it home for us that we've done was Spider-Man. Yes. And that's because, like, Octavia Spencer is just some lady at a table taking check-ins at a wrestling event. It was really small. But this movie did that just as well, which was kind of surprising. Uh, Who was the first one that you noticed? Well, the first one... No, I didn't necessarily forget he was in the movie, but I I kind of forgot because it had been a while since I'd seen this movie, mm-hmm. was Greg Kinnear as Frank, which was Kathleen's boyfriend, Meg Ryan. Mm-hmm. And Greg Kinnear's been in a ton yeah, of things. Kinnear. Yeah. First one I noticed was Parker Posey. Yes. And uh, kind of like how Greg Kinnear plays uh, Kathleen's boyfriend, Patri- uh, Parker Posey played Patricia, who was Joe's girlfriend, which Joe is Tom Hanks. Because we did not say it. Yeah. Joe Fox. Not Joe Goldberg. Yeah. No. No. This would Though, be a much darker New York bookstore movie. Some of his behavior movie. towards the end there. No. Yeah. There's a lot of similarities. <laughs> Joes. They run bookstores. They're stalking women that don't know that who they are. So you know what? You and you've got mail? What? what? <laughs> oh, my Lord. If you're not. If you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about you on oh. Netflix. If you haven't seen it. You oh, know, <laughs> we don't say this often. Go ahead. Pause the podcast. Go throw on Netflix. Just go ahead and knock out 20 episodes. They're only like an hour. Come back to us. Yeah. You'll appreciate us suggesting it. Yes. He is delightful. Somehow you find yourself rooting for a terrible person. <laughs> Uh, very yeah. true. We don't want to give spoilers, but it's good. Go watch it. Anyway, my next one was uh, Dave Chappelle. I totally plays... forgot Dave Chappelle was in this. Yeah. Plays Kevin, who works with Joey. They never really explained what he does there. He just is always hanging out with Joe. Yeah, they're work buddies. Like because, best friends. Yeah, they work, work out together and stuff like that. But also it seems like they, they know each other through work. Yeah. The next person I noticed was... Uh, Gene Stapleton, who played Birdie. Yeah. And Gene Stapleton is, of course, the legendary Edith Bunker from All in the Family. That's very true. Yes. So, and um, I'm sure she's been in a ton of things, but that's what you, yeah, that's, everyone should know her from. Right. Mine was Heather Burns plays Christina, who mm-hmm. works at the bookstore with Meg Ryan's Kathleen. And I want to call her, she's kind of like Judy Greer, where for a while she was playing a lot of rom-com best friends. Most notably, she was in Two Weeks Notice. Okay. She played Sandra Bullock's best friend. Go figure. And she was in Miss Congeniality. I'm going to go on a limb and say she might have been Sandra Bullock's friend in that. Well, they become friends. They're Uh, not friends. She's in the competition. I don't know that I've ever seen that movie. What? Are we pausing the podcast to go watch it? (laughs) Yes, we'll be right back. (laughs) We'll be right back. (laughs) And you know, I love Sandra Bullock. She's a delightful person. Yeah. Uh, I never saw that. 
For me, the next one was Steve Zahn. Yes. Who played George, who also worked in the bookstore with Kathleen. Sorry, Kathleen. I don't know why I went Kathleen. I mean, I don't want to spoil the movie, but Meg Ryan's bookstore goes out of business, and I'm thinking it's because she employed four people at all times. Yeah. It seemed excessive. <laughs> there might have needed to have been a layoff or two when the bookstore opens across the street that is a chain, and it's a five-story bookstore. Yeah. But Steve Zahn plays George. Uh, Steve Zahn was in High Fidelity. He was on Treme. He's been in yes. a ton of stuff. He's a really good actor. I quite enjoy him. Yes. The next person I noticed played Joe's dad. Mm-hmm. He's an actor named Dabney Coleman. And the most famous thing I recognized him from was 9 to 5. Oh. With Dolly Parton. Yeah. And Lily Tomlin. And he plays their boss that they are plotting to Aren't they harm. making a sequel to that? I heard they were, yeah. Yeah, which is insane. Mm-hmm. It's a really good movie. I was going to say, and it, I'm sure it would make a ton of money on account of... It's a really well-known movie that it's got a good following. And all the people are still... You can't describe them as famous. They're like icons. Well, and uh, Jane Fonda and yeah. Lily Tomlin are in Grace and Frankie. And one of the people is... Dolly motherfucking well, Yeah, I'm like, so they're so, all still... No, they're icons. Still doing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who is your next one? My next one was John Randolph. He played Tom Hanks's grandpa, Shooter yeah. Fox. And most notably, I recognized him right away because we watch it every year. He played Clark Griswold's dad in Christmas Vacation. Yes. So. It's funny because we were watching that scene where they introduce his dad and his grandfather. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he looks familiar. And then you said it like two seconds yeah, later. So immediately recognize him. He taught Clark Griswold everything he knows about out- outdoor illumination. illumination. So <laughs> love that movie. Yes. Um, the next one I had is a cameo mm-hmm. of Sarah Ramirez. She played a cashier at Zabar's, and she's Dr. Callie from Grey's Anatomy, and she's yeah. been in a bunch of other stuff. But that's what I recognize her from. She had like one line. Yeah. She had, like, a thick Spanish accent. Over-the-top thick Spanish yeah, accent. but... The next one I had, which I will credit you for even pointing out, because I did not recognize this person. He played just a salesperson at Fox's Books, mm-hmm. which is uh, Tom Hanks's bookstore. It was Chris Mencia. Yes. And he's about, if I had a guess, 20 years old in this movie. Yeah, he looks so young. He just looks like a little sweet baby angel. He and. Does. Chris Mencia is obviously Mencina. was on Chris Mencia. He was on. He just said it the same. <laughs> well, he's on the Mindy Project. He was in Argo. He was on Sharper Objects. Sharp Objects. Sharp Objects. Sharper <laughs> Image. Boy, I'm just destroying this poor guy. And you know what? Uh, we love him in this house. No, I love him. Yeah, he's delightful. Danny Castellano. Yeah, Doctor C. Quote Ike Barinholtz. Yeah. The next person I noticed was, at one point, Joe is in the elevator with his girlfriend, Patricia, Parker Posey, and they get stuck in the elevator, and they're all just sitting there with one of the, his neighbors. Her name's Deborah Rush, the actress, and she, to me, was most, most notably played Piper Chapman's mom on Orange is the New Black. Yes. And she's been in a bunch of other stuff, but that was, like, the thing I was like, oh, yeah. One person I, I didn't recognize him, but I found this out through his imbd he plays tom hanks's brother which should be noted he's about six years old yes there's a very complicated family line there um his name is jeffrey scaparata Uh uh-huh 
And he played Detective Stabler's son on SVU. <gasps> he played Dickie. Dickie. Yeah. So he was on SVU for 15 years. Yeah. Just, yeah. So. When I saw the kids walk up when they introduced them in the movie, I looked at him and as he doesn't look familiar, the girl looked familiar, but I don't know if it's because of this movie. I looked at her IMBD mm-hmm. and she wasn't stuff that I'd seen, but she just had that face like she might have been in a lot of 90s movies that I just can't place. Yeah, I couldn't place her either. But also, I've seen this movie a couple times, so it could be one of those situations, like the little girl in Hocus Pocus, who I go, looks super familiar, but I think it's because I've seen Hocus Pocus 30,000 times. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Not Thora Birch, by the way, just yeah, a no, random no. one-line girl. Yeah. <laughs> I is know it, who Thora Birch is. Is it the one who plays Thackeray Banks's sister? No, it's the little girl, when the Sanderson sisters are at... Gary Marshall's house, uh-huh. and they leave their brooms outside, and she's dressed like a witch, and she's like, ooh, cool, and she flies off. Flies away. Yeah. Gotcha. She's like a little redheaded girl, and I'm like, she looks familiar, and she is in like three things on our MBD, and I have no clue. Hmm. <sighs> One of these days, we'll place her. Yeah. Did you have anybody else? No, that was it for me. Cool. Cool. We'll move on to the next category. Kids would call it a throwback. We call it the prime of our teens, where we talk about fashion, offensive jokes or dated references, and I think this might be a record for me of the (laughs) stuff I listed in this category. I don't know if I'll talk about all of them, but just the amount of things that I wrote down. Same. Uh, Right off the bat for fashion, Mm -hmm. I noticed Kathleen's collar on her shirt, the lapels were like five inches long. Yes. They were the largest lapels I've ever seen on a dress shirt. It's very true. Yeah. I didn't really have a lot of issues with the wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most of it was pretty, like, preppy classic. It was. And at one point, I think it was Christina, the younger girl that works at Kathleen's bookstore. Mm-hmm. Heather Burns. She, everything she wore seems like something I'd see, like, a 20-year-old wear today, so... Yeah, the I just noticed at one point her specifically her sweater was seven sizes too big. <laughs> yeah, which was weird. And then Dave Chappelle, uh, him and Tom Hanks are walking down the street. Uh, Tom Hanks is going to go meet Catherine. Or I keep calling her Catherine. I'm sorry, Kathleen. And he chickens out for obvious reasons. But Dave Chappelle is wearing this maroon leather jacket uh-huh. that is again seven or eight sizes too big i can see like i pointed out at the very end of the movie kathleen is wearing very very baggy khaki pants but she had like a very tight fitting white shirt tucked in her pants and Mm -hmm. so it didn't look bad in comparison it wasn't like everything was baggy but i feel like we had an obsession with really baggy stuff in the late 90s and early 2000s that does not age well at all every time i would look at the stuff that Kathleen was wearing, I just thought of Rachel Green. Yeah, that's She was true. wearing a lot of very similar stuff to what Rachel wore on Friends. Like pastel, baggy. Yeah. I mean, and, not baggy, but... But even that outfit that you were talking about specifically, where it was kind of like a higher-waisted uh, khakis and the shirt tucked in, I'm like, that's something Rachel would wear. Yeah. I do remember specifically trying to find an outfit that was like Jennifer Aniston's, where it was like the white crop top and a black skirt. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Clueless, too, I guess. I was, like, 11. (laughs) Could not rock it, but... um, I agree. Like, the clothing was classic preppy. It wasn't too bad. Yeah, there was just, like, small little details where Mm -hmm. I'm like, whoa. 
Um, the only other thing I had in this category was Frank, his hair was so long in the back that it was almost a mullet. Uh, my quote was, Frank's hair is pretty long in the back. It's on the verge of mulleting. Yeah. I'm making that a word, folks. It's a verb now. Yeah, it's mulleting. Oh, that's funny. Um, do you want to move on to offensive jokes? Yes. And dated references. And the old dated references. More dated references than offensive jokes, I will say. For sure. What was uh, your first? I noticed Joe quotes The Godfather a ton and then kathleen references pride and prejudice a lot while those are dated they're also classic yeah so it's not like they were quoting twilight to each other (laughs) not that twilight was out when this movie came out no but it's something if this movie was made 10 years later yeah there's a lot of shows that i watched that were made in the early 2010s where i feel like they reference twilight a lot yes and it's it's starting to become dated which is weird oh yeah weird time Mm mm-hmm my first reference was cyber sex. Yeah. Just that phrase. That is a dated phrase. <laughs> um, at one point, Kathleen is talking to Christina in the bookstore. And by Christina, I mean Christina. <laughs> and... Shersha Ronan. <laughs> Shersha Ronan. <laughs> the other night, where Danny was sitting there, he was trying to figure out if it was one word. He had no clue who Shersha Ronan was, and he was like, what is her name? I'm like, Shersha Ronan. And everybody says her name so quickly, and he's like, it's one word? Shersha Ronan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. Sorry. Yeah, so, <laughs> Christina asked her, have you guys had cyber sex yet? Which their relationship, her email relationship with Joe, which she doesn't even know is Joe, mm-hmm. is very... Not sexual at all. No. They're just really good friends. They give each other advice. They're... Yeah, it it is not... There's barely even flirting. Exactly. There's no romance really there. It's definitely a friendship. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the, the furniture, furniture <laughs> and furnishings, furniture and furnishings are incredibly dated. I mean, I don't know how they wouldn't be. The movie is 22 years old. It's going to happen. I will say her apartment wasn't too bad because I felt like everything was kind of classic and... I just felt like a pottery barn puked in there. Yeah, that's true. It's also, this movie was written and directed by Nora Ephron. So So it probably was a pottery barn puking in there. I just want to live in a world where Nora Ephron created because... You can. You just have to go to the mall and live in the pottery barn. No, I mean, just even like the scenarios because I love Nora Ephron films. Like, I'm... everything's beige and beautiful, and nothing really ever bad happens, even in this movie where she loses her business that her mother started. <laughs> I always, Somehow it's okay. I always felt like in that movie, it's complicated. Yes. Like, they were always just wearing white. They're always wearing white. She the had kitchen the... is white. The kitchen was beautiful. Yeah. Her bakery. Yeah, everything's Meryl white. bakery. Ugh, I love that movie just for her house. And her bakery. Yeah. Not because of the delight that is Steve Martin or Alec, Alec Baldwin. Baldwin. None of those people. John Krasinski's nope. in it. Ugh. Uh-uh. Love that movie. Anyway. Yeah, it's a good movie. What is your next one? The, uh, Kathleen and Frank go to the movies. And the movie theater, I'm sure at the time, was incredibly new and fancy. But when you get inside, they have like film strips on the wall, which I... So it was kind of dated in that sense they walk 
down a hallway, there's a deep impact movie poster. And then also I noticed just even when they're in the theater, it's not stadium style. It was the old, just sloped floor. Yeah, you had to walk down to your seats. Yeah, just a sloping. It was no steps involved. And then at the very end of the scene, you can hear a commercial for movie phone. Yeah, so many. cannot get more dated than movie phone. It's like five minutes of straight references. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way, I felt like this storyline was... Uh, obviously, we talked about it before we watched the movie. You've Got Mail is a dated reference in itself. But actually, when you look at the other plot, the plot where this big, huge, massive bookstore is taking over a neighborhood and a small business goes out of business, <laughs> or a smaller business goes out of business, I felt like if this was made in 2020, the woman would work for Barnes and Noble and the guy would be Jeff Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say I'm like, and the guy's Amazon. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but you even took it to a whole new level nope. like, nope, it's Jeff Bezos. Yes. <laughs> Looking for love. <laughs> Looking for love. Well, he did get a divorce. Oh. And it's like I think he gave his uh, wife twenty five billion dollars. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> just just insane. Damn. <laughs> but exactly, I was thinking about that. I'm like you know, 20 years ago, it was the big chain retailer putting the mom out of business. I'm like, nope, now it's the internet uh, putting them out of business. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, what was your next one? In Kathleen's bookstore, she has some stuffed animals on the wall. Mm-hmm. And there's a Babar stuffed animal. Aw. And he's a, he's a little dated, I would say. But for, for us. No. Like, I loved like Babar when I was a kid. It's a nostalgic thing. Yeah. I remember Arby's always having Babar happy meal stuff that's true yeah. yeah it was always babar mine was at one point christina the younger girl that works at the bookstore is complaining that she might lose her job and have to move to brooklyn which is probably now really expensive to live in yo and like yeah. a hip place to live in yeah brooklyn's uh trendy yeah yeah i think that was it for my uh dated references hmm you got some more i'm sure no, I mean, not anything that's too crazy. I just think the whole, even the scenario of Kathleen being embarrassed that she's talking to somebody online and they haven't met is is kind of outdated because I think it's become such a cultural norm to meet people online. Absolutely. Dating apps are so normal now. And that's exactly what a dating app is. Except yeah. on those, you actually see a picture of the person. That's true. That you hope is what the person looks like. You're not like. getting... You're not getting catfished. You're not Googling hot girl on online and then copying and pasting it to an email. <laughs> I was really scared of being catfished or killed by a pedophile when I was a kid. So, like I said earlier, my name was Tina. I lived in California. And How old were you? I think I said I was 16 when I was really like 13. Okay. But it wasn't just because I wanted to lie about my age. It was literally I wanted to give as many wrong details so my stalker could not find me. I didn't have a stalker, but it's because I lied. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good times. You ready to move on to the next category? Are you category? scared now? No. Oh, I've told you all this before. Oh, yeah. Are you ready to move on to the next category? Yes. All right, so get ready to fire up that instant messenger because we're about to talk about some 1998 technology. And holy crap. There was a lot, a little too much for my liking, as far as I didn't write all of it down, because... It gets out of control. It does, and I think it's like, 
Yeah, of course, it's 1998, so the TVs are going to be... Big and boxy. Big and boxy. Yeah, we weren't rolling with plasma back then. Nobody had a cell phone. No. There was no beepers in there either. No I don't beepers. Think. You'd think at least... You would have thought Joe would have had a cell phone. You would think so, yeah. Because he's rich. And people had cell phones in 1998. Yeah, especially yeah. rich people. Yeah. Right away, I mean, obviously there is a huge presence of AOL. Yes. So that's, like we talked about, that's dated. Very much so. The The sound of the dial-up internet is both triggering and nostalgic. Yes. Triggering because sometimes it took forever and all you wanted to do was go online and talk to your friends. Yeah. And it took forever. I wish this movie was more realistic in the sense that if there's one thing I remember about dial-up internet was having to plug in the damn thing into your telephone jack and then also tripping over that cord 7,000 times. Someone should have been tripping over that cord. And your internet just randomly going out too. Yeah. I don't know how many times I was in the middle of talking to my friends and it was like, and you're signed out. Yep, absolutely. Not a very consistent thing. No. The internet of 1998. It was just weird even to watch them have to log into the internet and have to log on to AOL and wait 30 seconds for it to start up. 30 seconds? It's probably like two minutes in real life. Yeah, but I'm thinking nowadays, psh, take your phone out of your pocket. You are connected to the internet in one second. If something on my phone takes more than two seconds, I'm like, you piece of shit. <laughs> I must be in a weak, poor weak signal over here. Yeah. God. They got weak Wi-Fi. Uh, yeah, the opening credits were really just that was overly my... animated. And I will say, the opening credits are like this. It goes into the city and it's computer animation. And there's just cars and it's weaving through buildings. But I will say, it still looks better than the city of Gotham and Batman Forever. Correct. That was my... I'll just say it now. That was my cringiest moment. Oh, I'm sorry. Because... It was insane that they smacked you in the face with it right off the bat. They had a laptop screen. It was like Windows 98 starting up. And then you could see the AOL and they had a Warner Brothers logo. And that was kind of how they told you who made the movie. And then how everything was just block form. Yeah. And the cars were like rectangles. It looked terrible, but agreed. Not worse than Gotham City and Batman Forever. It's weird, too, because you go into this movie with that. Yeah. And the rest of the movie is nothing like that. I feel like it doesn't, other than it, they use it as correspondence, I feel like it doesn't overly rely on technology or doesn't, it's not like it's showing their screens so much and mm -mm. they're always on their computers. It's just like a certain parts where they're corresponding with each other and they're giving each other life advice. And half the time it was through email. I feel like Nora Ephron did not want to do that opening part. I could see her now. And the studio was like, no, I mean, this is what's trending now. Yeah. You got to do it. Got to have some computer animation if you're going to have a movie about computers. And yeah, it doesn't, does not age well. The other stuff that I did notice as far as technology was their laptops were about two inches thick. And because at the time, you had to have all the different cords sticking out of it. You yeah. needed to have a cord to run the internet. And I, it might not even had a good battery on it. I don't remember. I didn't have a laptop until 2004, so. We had one when I was real little. I'm talking 1993. Oh. My fancy. uncle gave me one. Oh, and makes sense. the 
laptop was probably about three inches thick and it had us sit on this like computer cpu style thing that was about five inches thick it was humongous but it was a laptop we were on the precipice of technology (laughs) um what else did you notice honestly that's all i wrote down because i mean there was just like i said the typical cordless phones i i didn't really notice anything else yeah and like you said it's in the movie but they didn't slap you in the face with it yeah. and cram it down your throat. Yeah, other than the AOL stuff a yeah. little bit. But. You wouldn't, God, AOL must have maybe financed this movie. AOL and Starbucks. Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of reference to Starbucks. And the Starbucks served coffee in mugs, I noticed. Yeah. Is that a 90s thing or is that a movie thing? I don't know. Because also, I mean... They did get their coffee to go at one point, and they were in the little, they had yeah. little collars on it and stuff. But at one point, I'm like, they're they're drinking out of coffee mugs. Yeah. It's a little weird. It's a little weird. Do you want to move on? Yes. The next category is called, Is It Even Good?, where we talk about the plot and the plot holes, and we name our funniest and cringiest moments of the movie. What did you think about the plot? I think the plot, maybe at the time, wasn't super believable, but it's more believable now with dating apps yeah that you wouldn't know what the person looks like the person could have been interacting with you all along it's a it's far-fetched yeah but i could see it happening yeah i mean that part i definitely can see happening that you would have a relationship online that's that's not too crazy and then the whole like a big box store takes out a small shop makes sense Mm -hmm. i mean the fact that the person that drove you out of business is the person you've been corresponding the whole time that obviously is what totally yeah totally a, a movie plot but what can you do yeah. if we didn't have movie plots nothing would be interesting that's right true. very true if every single movie was like real life nobody would like movies you go see a movie to escape yeah yeah it's very true mm-hmm. were there any plot holes you wanted to discuss i just thought it was odd when Joe and Patricia get stuck in the elevator. They have an elevator man who opens and closes the door. The elevator stops. Right. And it breaks down. And he suggests jumping up and down to trigger the elevator. You can open the door. You're the elevator door man. It works manually. So that was the only thing I was like, why are you, dude, open up the door. That is a good plot hole. (laughs) I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Mine was... Just a little thing I noticed, but Kathleen's screen name for AOL is Shop Girl, and without any numbers behind it, that would never happen. That is the greatest plot hole in the history of cinema. <laughs> it's just Shop Girl. Yes. Not Shop Girl 562. Because Joe's is. Yeah, he uses address. Amateur hour. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, we talked about our, our screen names. I had a little 8-9 on the back of it. I don't know why I pick those numbers. Mine's always been 8689. Only one of those are my birthday years. <laughs> but I like the symmetry of the 89 at the end. I don't know. I don't, maybe I was thinking like 1989. That was a good year. You were five. <laughs> but yeah, that's an excellent point. She would have had numbers on the end of that. Like seven numbers. Unless she was the original AOL screen name. Yeah, that's true. I'm, I guess there has to be somebody that was sweet, babe, nothing else. Oh, yeah. There was a sweet, babe, 
Nothing else. It was whoever the hell created AOL's <laughs> wife. That was her screen name. And then his screen name was just Derek. <laughs> <laughs> Derek? Yeah, that's just his screen name. Uh, what was your next one? Uh, those were it oh. for my plot holes. I didn't have a lot. I, I just questioned if the two main characters were really in relationships with their significant others because there was no romance between Kathleen and Frank and no not really any romance between Patricia and Joe. Very They're true. just like live together. Yeah. And kind of talk a lot yeah, they, to each other. There was no hugging, kissing, really. Mm-mm. Other than Patricia jumping on Joe's lap at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Weirdly. I thought it was weird. That's a little weird. I just think Parker Posey's weird. <laughs> she is. She's, she's weird. Yeah. She's a little jerk. <laughs> That's a reference to New Girl. Yeah. If you've ever seen her episode that she was on. Get over you little jerk. Yeah. Take a Come shot, on, you little jerk. Take a shot. You want a shot, you little jerk? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, what was your funniest liner moment? It was when Kathleen is in the credit card line at the checkout. Uh-huh. Or she was actually on the cash line, and she just has a credit card. And they're like, refuse to run it for her. But then Joe comes over there and smooths it, things over, and he's like, knock, knock. And they're like, who's there? And he's like, orange. Orange who? Aren't you glad you're going to give us a break to swipe this credit card through your credit card machine? And it works. It, yeah. And it was, it was so stupid and cheesy, but it was also, it's Tom Hanks telling a knock-knock joke. It was pretty adorable. Yeah, that was a good one. Mine was uh, another Tom Hanks line. Uh, him, he's at the gym with Dave Chappelle's character. Mm-hmm. Kevin, right? Kevin. And they're watching the news, and it's after Kathleen decides to go on the defense and get people to really fight for her bookstore. Mm-hmm. And she's on the news, and she's really eloquent and all this stuff. Joe's like, oh, it's my turn now. They're gonna, they're gonna show what I said. And he just says, they cut it down so bad that he's just like, I sell discounted books. Sue me. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's it. it. And he starts like going, I said this and this. I was eloquent. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> but it was just funny the way he yelled. I was eloquent. <laughs> uh, it made me laugh. I did like that. How they just cut to him. He's like, I sell books at a discounted price. Sue me. <laughs> Uh, what was your cringiest? My cringiest was oh yeah, literally the opening credits, because it was so dated and bad. I guess uh, mine was after Joe, as her pen pal, tells Kathleen that she should go to the mattresses, which is a Godfather reference. Apparently, mm-hmm. I've only seen that movie like once. Sorry, um, she is punching the air. In the next scene, like yes. she's physically gonna fight and she doesn't know how to throw a punch. No. I was like, you would have broke your wrist like 17 <laughs> times. And it looks so unnatural and kind of silly, and I just thought it was cheesy. It was incredibly cheesy. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? No, we hit everything because I had t- wrote down their screen names because we talked about that and then the big business, small business aspects, and then also the Starbucks. Those were all the additional notes that I had made. The only thing uh, I kind of noticed that I don't know if I've ever noticed before was, and we kind of talked about this last week with the girlfriend character mm-hmm. or slash fiance where in a lot of rom-coms you, you hate them 
Yeah. And they want you to hate them because they don't want you to root for them to stay in their relationship. They they should be with this other person. And I feel like Patricia wasn't s- such a bad girlfriend until the very end. And it's like this third act reverse. She becomes selfish all of a sudden. Or he maybe it's more like he notices that she is selfish and that he doesn't want to be with her. It's just funny to me that you chose to be with this person and you're just noticing that she's horrible. Yeah. And she's really not that horrible because she wanted to give Meg Ryan a job. So That's very true. But obviously he doesn't like her. Yeah, there really wasn't... You weren't rooting against... I don't feel like I was rooting against these couples to break up so they can get together because, yeah, they're not bad. They're not bad, but I also, like I said earlier, I don't see it believable that Joe is with Patricia and, like, they don't have good chemistry at all. No, that part I agree. And it was weird because I didn't like Frank's character at all until the very end when they're breaking up and it's like the best breakup ever. She was like, you don't love me. And he was like, yes, I don't love you. And she was like, I knew it. And she's like, I don't either. Uh, And then they like become friends. Yeah, they like dodged a bullet. Yeah. If only the world worked that way. Um, But yeah, that's pretty much all I had. We talked about most of everything else. So. Are you ready to move on to a little award season? Yes. So we give out two awards every week, the first of which is the valedictorian to the Nicolas Cage Online School of Bad Acting. Who did you give your award to? I gave mine to the actress Kara Seymour. Mm-hmm. She played Jillian. I really liked most of the cast, so I wasn't going to choose anybody too close to the to the main plot. This I just thought this character was stupid and unnecessary, and she was basically going to be joe tom hanks's character's mother-in-law yeah. or no not mother-in-law. no mother mother stepmother and she was always trying to like kiss him and it was like inappropriate it was really creepy and she's obviously younger and she's the mother of his brother who's a young child mm-hmm. and his dad's been through 30 women and he probably doesn't even really care about this one but nah. i just thought the plot that whole plot was just kind of dumb and unnecessary it doesn't really go anywhere it, the whole part of even his dad and grandfather being involved and stuff really didn't. Other than it gave him a little more dimension of like he can be a likable character because he has a good relationship with his aunt and his brother who yeah. are children. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Because, yeah, that whole scene where they kind of go to like a little fair. Yeah. It was kind of cute where Tom Hanks is just riding around on a little ride with kids and stuff. Yeah, and, it, it, cute. and it leads to like the actual like movies meet cute yeah. where he meets Meg Ryan's character for the first time even though he's been talking to her online the whole time yeah for this but. yeah but that's the first time that he he goes into her shop and buys books yeah for me and this pained me to hand this out I gave it to someone that I really am a huge fan of and that is Dave Chappelle he played Kevin I think he's really miscast because Dave Chappelle is a hilarious human being and he brings nothing to this movie. They could have had anybody play that character. So it was, I know at the time he wasn't... A big the, name? Yeah, he wasn't the top comedian at the time. And 22 years later, obviously, he's one of the most famous people as far as comedy. But yeah, I just, when I watched him, I forgot he was in the movie. And it's probably a good thing. Yeah, I, I can see that. He definitely only was in a couple scenes. And he didn't really have a lot of funny lines no 
which uh, we've seen plenty of movies where somebody will be in the movie and they'll steal the show just by being in two scenes, but he didn't do that. And I think he was just, I don't know, yeah, I agree with the mismatched cast. Yeah. He just kind of seemed like he was like, I don't know what I'm doing in this movie. (laughs) I can imagine maybe at the time he was a struggling comedian at the time. He was a younger actor. He's going to take a role. It's a role in a Tom Hanks movie. I'm going to take that role. But you're going in hindsight 22 years later, like, what the hell were they thinking casting this comic legend in this scene, this yeah. role where he gets three lines? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. They really underly utilized him. Exactly. And kind of Steve Zahn, too, I would say. I felt less so about Steve Zahn because I've seen Steve Zahn play some serious roles and stuff. But yeah. I, I mean, agree. he at least had a little more lines and a little more development. Yeah, I guess. definitely. And you don't feel like. You're like, well, it's Steve Zahn, he's an actor. Whereas I go, he's Dave Chappelle, he's a comedian, and you really don't make him funny. Yeah. So it's kind of weird. It is. Yeah. Very true. Should we move on? Yes, we shall. <laughs> I just realized that... Yeah, go ahead and do it. <laughs> the next award is the Thomas J. Hanks Award for Exceptional Acting. Yep. And guess who's cleaning up over here on the Rai Rai side of things? Thomas J. Hanks. Yes. It took us 43 uh, episodes episodes to give out the award to the man the award is named for. Very true. He is everything you want from a Tom Hanks movie. He's he's likable. He's funny. He's charming. And I will say, though, there was someone close in second, and it was Meg Ryan. She's delightful. I forget how... When we go back and watch these movies, I forget how likable and enjoyable some people are, because... I looked. She really hasn't made anything in about 12 years. That sucks. And she was really good in a lot of movies. Oh, yeah. I love When Harry Met Sally is one of my favorites. That's right at the top of the list. Yeah. Yeah. So I gave it to Tom Hanks, and it's I can't really imagine a movie that he's in where he's not going to get that award from me, but they were so good together. I agree. I also gave it to him because I felt like he was charming, he was funny, even... Though his character made some questionable decisions at the end there, because I feel like he was almost catfishing her towards the end. Agreed. Like, when he found out that she was shop girl. Mm -hmm. But I also see where he was trying to mend fences with her, because he did like her. Yeah. And he wanted to show that he could be friends with her as Joe Fox. Mm -hmm. So I get that. And it works out, I guess, in the end. But, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's Tom Hanks, and he... Was delightful. I don't know that I've ever seen a movie where I would say it's a bad Tom Hanks movie. I don't know. Maybe something in the 80s. Maybe. Even though some of those, those were some of my earliest movie memories. The Burbs and the Money Pit and stuff like that. And Big, yeah. Even those, he's just so damn good. It's very true, very true. And he got his start in my hometown. Gotta represent. He would. Yeah. So, we can move on to... Answering the question, does this hold up? And what did, what do you think? I think while there's excessive AOL moments, I still think the movie's quite good. I will say if it maybe had a different cast, it maybe wouldn't hold up. Right. Because I feel like it's the chemistry that your stars have. They, they really play off each other super well. Whereas maybe if it was, we talked about a couple weeks ago, it was you know, supposed to be Jennifer Love Hewitt and Brendan Fraser in a movie and if it was Jennifer Love Hewitt and Brendan Fraser in this, would it have held up as well? Because you have dated 
technology, you have some dated actors that don't really work a lot, but I think this was a situation where, yeah, it has some dated technology, but it's not really, there's not an over-reliance on it, except for, yeah, they email, but it was a good movie. People still email, I guess. That's my thing, is it's a technology we still use. Yeah, I agree with all those points, actually. I think it is a still a really good watchable movie, despite having some flaws as far as references and and the technology but I think overall because of Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan's chemistry it works out and I did like that you know they had these two different relationships they had their pen pal relationship where they're really good friends and they support each other and then they had this rival yeah relationship so you saw both sides and they just had good chemistry with both like hating each other and liking each other so but I feel like this movie does condone catfishing. <laughs> Which, no, you shouldn't catfish anyway. No, don't catfish. Um, but overall, yes, I think it holds up. It's still a, a delightful movie mm-hmm. that I like to watch. Definitely would watch it again. So, yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> so we agree. It holds up. Uh, we thank you guys for listening again to another one of our rom-com-tastic Valentine's Day spectacular yes. episodes. Yes, I probably screwed that, that long up. Ass name. Yeah, yeah. If you guys remember, please throw some of those old AOL instant messenger names in the comments. Let us know if you like the movie. Yes. Over on uh, Facebook at Ruining Our Childhood. And at Instagram, also at Ruining Our Childhood. And over on Twitter at ROC Movie Podcast. That is correct. And we thank you guys and we'll see you guys next week. Okay, bye. Bye.